right? So when we make that joyful noise, he just wants us to praise us. He praise him. He just wants that relationship with us. And we'll do that. He'll show up. I know you sense his presence here this morning. When we do that and just be obedient to him, he'll show up here like this. And we can just spend time with God himself. Amen. His spirit. Amen. Our kids can be dismissed to go to their classes this morning. I must talk to you today. My wife told me don't talk too much till they get cleared out of here. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the Holy Ghost today. The Holy Spirit. I wrote the Holy Ghost, but somebody apparently changed it to Holy Spirit. It's the same person. It's the same person. It's the Spirit of God. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And I know that you've heard a lot of these things before. And I have a lot of scripture today because I want to show it to you in the Word. Because uh, the Holy Ghost must be misunderstood in the church. He just must be misunderstood in the church. Because part of the church is afraid of the Holy Ghost. You know, you can ask who wants to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and nobody comes forward. Part of the church is afraid of the Holy Ghost. Part of the church thinks they're hiding something from the Holy Ghost or they're busy trying to hide something from the Holy Ghost. Amen. And none of us are operating in the fullness of what he has for us. None of us are operating in the fullness of his, or, or in the fullness of his supply, right? He has a supply for the church today. Amen. Jesus put him here to receive power. We're going to get into all this here in a little bit. It's really good, I think. Don't close it off because you already know the Holy Ghost or you think you know everything about him because none of us are operating in the fullness of it, right? So the first thing I want to cover with you today is the Holy Ghost is not an it. It showed up today. It felt, you get that. You hear that a lot and we all are guilty of it time or, uh, some time or another. We'll say it, he's not an it, he's a he. He's a he, right? He's a he, he's the spirit of God. So we wouldn't call God an it. You wouldn't call me an it. You wouldn't call Sister Donna an it. You would call her a her. Or you would call me a, a, a he or a him, right? He is a he. He is the spirit of God, right? You may hear him referred to as the spirit of God. You may refer, refer him here, or, or you may hear him referred to as the Holy Spirit. You may hear him referred to as the Holy Ghost. You may hear him referred to as the comforter, as the helper, as the counselor, right? It's all the same spirit. It's all the spirit of God. So we're clear on that. Everybody understands that, right? That all those names are the, are the same meaning for the Spirit of God, right? He, 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 he was here in the beginning. In Genesis 1 and 12, the Spirit hovered over the water. God created the heaven and the earth, and it was dark, and the Spirit hovered over the water. Now, can you just get an image of this? Try to get a mental picture of this. If the whole earth is covered in water, and the Spirit hovered over the water. The whole thing. The whole thing, right? The Bible says that God can hold the water of the seas in, in, in his hand. Think about how big this spirit is. He's everywhere all the time. He's omnipresent, right? He has unlimited power. I feel the spirit in that right there. He has unlimited power. He's everywhere all the time, and he lives inside of us. He wants to have a relationship with you, a personal relationship with you. This great, big, and mighty God wants to have a personal relationship. Amen? With me. With a little bitty old me that grew up here in Excelsior Springs, that failed at everything, he wants that relationship with me. Because of sin in the Old Testament, he couldn't indwell in men. Because of the sin of man, right? He couldn't live inside of men. He came on keys, or priests, kings, and prophets for a service in the Old Testament. Amen. We're talking about who the Holy Ghost is. We're just talking about a little background of him. He came on priests, kings, and prophets for a service, right? He conceived Jesus 
of the Virgin Mary. Now, it wasn't a sexual thing or she wouldn't have been a Virgin Mary, right? The Bible says that he overshadowed her. He came over her and she became pregnant as a virgin and she was a virgin until after Jesus was born and she knew her husband Joseph. The Holy Ghost did that. The Holy Spirit did that. I like to call him the Holy Ghost because the Holy Spirit seems just a bit watered down to me. I like the term Holy Ghost. You'll probably hear me calling that a lot, right? Same, same, same spirit, though. It's the same he, right? He overshadowed Mary. He, he baptized John the Baptist while he was still in his mother's womb. In the Holy Ghost, right? It says the baby leapt in her womb because Jesus came into his presence. Jesus was still in his mother Mary's stomach and came into the presence. And not only John, but his mother was baptized with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because Jesus walked in the house. Amen. Y'all start to act a little bit like Pentecostals. Now I feel the Holy Ghost in that. You like that? He's here today. He's here today, right? So he filled John. So they couldn't have been forgiven of sin yet until Jesus showed up, right? Even before Jesus was crucified, we find him in the Bible saying, you, you're forgiven of your sins. Your sins are forgiven. Go. He would say that to them, and they would be healed at the same time he forgave them of their sins. So because Jesus walked in the house, John the Baptist and his mama were both baptized in the Holy Ghost, right? The Holy Ghost descended on Jesus like a dove at his baptism. Think about that. The sky opened up. What do you think they saw when that other opened up in that other realm and the Holy Ghost came down out there and descended on Jesus like a dove? Think about this. This is what the Holy Ghost did. Before Jesus ascended, he gave us this. In Acts 1 and 8, he said, but you shall receive power. And you might think that I'm going to preach on this today, and I'm not. You can receive the power today. This isn't the main text of my message. Before Jesus ascended, he said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in, here, or to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This word power right here means inherit power. It's, first, it's the word dunamis. Many of you know the word dunamis. It's unlimited power. It's the power of the Holy Ghost, the same power that, Christ, that, that God used when he raised Christ from the dead. That same power, the same power when he spoke and the earth came into existence. The same power when he separated the sea from the dry land and caused the sun and the moon to, to, to get in their places and dance around each other. That same power, that same power, he says, you shall receive. Notice it doesn't say you could receive. It doesn't say you might. It says you shall receive this power. This word power in the Greek means strength, power. Ability? Who needs a little more ability today? Who needs a little more strength, a little more power today, right? Inherit power, power residing in a thing. That's me. I'm the thing that the power resides in, right? By virtue of its nature, because of the nature of God, he can live inside of me now because I'm sin-free because of the blood of Christ. Amen? Or which a person or thing exerts or puts forth. The second meaning is power for performing miracles. That's it right there. Power for performing miracles, but you got to receive the power, right? You can have the power all you want to have it. If it's out there and you haven't received it yet, it means nothing, right? So this word to receive, we talk about being baptized. And we know there's two different kinds of baptized, right? We know there's two words for baptized I want to talk to you today about. Babto and baptizio. Two Greek words. You guys familiar with both those words? Let me tell you about a pickle recipe I found out about. You know about this, Brother Dan? There was a pickle recipe that was written in 200 B.C., so 200 years before Christ came on the earth, and, and, and they spoke Greek. So these, both these words were used in this pickle recipe. 
The, the word bapto means you take the cucumber and you dip it into boiling water. Amen? It causes a temporary change. The word baptizio means the immersing of the cucumber into a vinegar solution, and it causes a permanent change. A permanent change, right? So I, my wife's talked to you about this, and some of you have seen this before, but I asked her to bring me this T-shirt today. This is what the prop I had to go get. And it says, he is able, and thank God that he is able, right? So you have a t-shirt here. It's just a regular old t-shirt. It's probably a dry blend, because my wife, it is a dry blend, Gildan dry blend. Nothing special about it, right? This represents me. Nothing really special about me. I got a lot of Christian t-shirts, but that don't really mean nothing, right? Just word on, on, the, on the thing, on the cotton. So when I was saved and maybe baptized with water, I was babto, right? When you get saved, you have the indwelling of the Spirit in you. You notice that things begin to change a little bit. The Spirit's indwelling inside of me, right? But I'm not infused. Baptizio, when that, when that vinegar solution goes inside the cucumber, it's infused with that solution. Every fiber in its being is completely... Here, I, I, I wish there... Oh, there is a young person. Justice, remember that I love you when this is over. <laughs> Fill this shirt. It's wet a little bit, right? There's something different about it. It'll dry out in just a few moments, right? It'll dry out really quick in just a few moments. But baptizio, baptizio, he takes us and he infuses us. Now, you see the color of this shirt, right? It's going to look different. It's going to walk different. It's going to act different, right? I'm going to wring it out a little bit. It's different. Every fiber of this thing's being is infused. It's wet. It's baptizio. Now catch this, Justice. You see the difference? You see the difference in it? And what happened? It got on things around them. It got on things around You don't want to catch. It got on things around them. It wasn't, it wasn't just that bapto. It was a total and permanent change, right? A total and permanent. And, and when it got on, you see, we can have the Christian t-shirts and we can be bapto. And nothing's, nothing might change about us, or a little bit might change about us. And we might tell a few people about it, but they see how we've been, you get what I'm saying. But until we receive the power, that baptizio, then it starts splattering around. And everybody I get around, hey, let me tell you about my Jesus, brother. Let me tell you about him. Let me tell you about what he did for me. He baptized me, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not even the same creation anymore. We're still talking about the Holy Ghost, right? You see the difference in bapto and baptizio? Thank God for those pickles. And Acts 2, 1 and 4, this is right after this. So they, they were casting lots, and they were trying to figure out who was going to be the next disciple. Jesus just said, you're going to receive power. Don't worry about when I'm coming back. You just know this, that you're going to receive power yeah. from God. Unlimited, dunamis power from God. Yeah. Amen? But go over here and stay here, and don't even, try to go to, don't even try to witness for me until you receive this power. That's what he told them, more or less. Acts 2, 1 through 4 says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord. You notice when the church received the power? One accord. One mind, one accord. You notice when they received the power, the Holy Ghost is never going to lead the church to be divided. Amen? In fact, the ones that were divided, it started out over 500 of them. The ones that were divided, the ones that couldn't get one of mind, the ones that couldn't focus on him, they all left. If you're here today and you don't want to get focused on him, bye. We want to see the power of God move. Amen. 
That sounds crude and it sounds mean, but I want to see, I want to pastor a church where the people are sold out. I want to see the spirit move. I want to see this flow in the spirit and bring our supply to the church. I want to see you bring your supply to the church, and you can't do that as a babto. You can't do that as a part-time Christian, not to the fullest extent of it. You can bring a little, but you ain't going to bring it all. We're not going to be able to operate in the fullness if you don't get serious. If we don't get serious, I'm not talking down to anybody. If we don't get serious, right? In one accord, they were all in one accord. They were in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I thought I was going to slow down and teach to you today and not say a whole lot. And I was wondering if I had enough notes. Now I'm wondering if I got enough time. The Holy Ghost is good. He does this too. He leads us and he guides us and he, and, and, and thank you all for helping me today. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Can I tell you the Holy Ghost was that wind? He was that wind. Amen. He's, he was the one that came in and said on him and he was the one that gave them utterances that they could speak with other tongues, right? And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. They were baptizio. They were baptizio, and, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They, did, they weren't talking foolish nonsense. It was as they got the utterance. It wasn't from here. It wasn't words they made up or what they thought. The service didn't have to look like what they thought it should look like. I guarantee you they'd never been in a service like this before, Sister Teresa. It hadn't happened before because they couldn't, the spirit couldn't indwell of a man because of sin. It wasn't until Jesus walked in. Amen. Then they were able to be forgiven. They had never experienced this before. Are you ready to have services like you've never experienced before? Church, we got to yield to him. We got to yield to him, right? Where was I at? There appeared to them divided tongues set on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. I already read the whole thing today. As he gave them utterance, right? God's, or the Spirit's never going to lead the church to be divided, lead the church to be divided, to sow discord in the church. What's the Bible say about it? Some of you Bible scholars know. It's an abomination unto God. It's only two times I find in the Bible that God talks about being an abomination. It's that and homosexuality. He puts them on the same page. To sow discord in the church is like a cancer in the church. It's a cancer. You're spreading cancer in Jesus' body. Amen? Don't be guilty of that. Talk about grieving the spirit. I know he didn't lead you to talk about me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He was the wind in the upper room. And I jumped off my notes here. Some teach tongues is only for the original disciples. I want to debunk that for you today. That's why I have the word. You believe in your Bible, right? If you've, if you've heard that before, go there and look it up. It's Acts 238 and 239. 238 and 39. And Peter said to them, repent. We trust in Peter, right? We trust that Peter would tell the truth to us. He's one of the original disciples. His shadows healed people. They took some of the clothing from him. I believe it was him, and and, and they were healed. So I'd say he's a pretty upstanding individual, wouldn't you think? He was was one of God's, he was right there with God. So repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, babto, right? And you shall receive the gift of, of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is a gift. This, this baptizio is a gift from God. If we would just get this down inside of us, this is a gift from the master of the universe. Why would you not want to have that? Why would you be afraid of that very thing that we should be full of? Amen? If it's a gift from God, 
we should, I would run five miles to find out what it is. Amen? Amen. I'd walk there to figure it out. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, baptizio, for the promises to you and to your children and to all that are far off. Does that sound like it was the original disciples? And it goes on to say, as many as the Lord our God will call. Who's called? Everyone who believes, right? Because he had to give you the measure of, of, of faith to even believe that he was real. So if he gave you your measure of faith to believe that God is real, you're called. You're called. That means the gift of this Holy Ghost, this baptizio, is for you. For everyone in the room today, everybody in the church, every part of the church, it's for all of us, right? So some teach that tongues is evil. This is a true doctrine that people teach. It's evil. We don't go there because that's evil, right? How about Paul? Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Amen? Do you think he was evil? If he's evil, we've got to throw the whole Bible out because he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, the covenant that we're living in. We've got to go back to the Old Testament and start sacrificing animals for our sin. Amen? If Paul's evil, amen? And what Paul say in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, 19, says, I thank my God, I, Paul, speak in tongues more than you all. He speaks in tongues more than all of them did. Sound evil? I don't think that's true. Amen? 19 says, yet in church I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. He's talking about a private prayer language. So there's tongues and interpretations that are appropriate to speak out loud in church. There's rules that go along with that too, right? It has to be in order. No more than three at a time and it has to be interpreted. If, you can't, if there's not an interpretation, it says keep quiet. Don't even say it out if there's not an interpretation for it. He's talking about a private prayer language. He's talking about baptizio. He's not talking about the giftings of the Spirit. He's talking about baptizio. We can pray in tongues. You'll hear me pray in tongues a lot of times in church. But I'm not speaking it out for everybody to hear. I'm talking to God. If you're listening, you're interrupting. This is between me and God. I'm talking to him, right? Because the Spirit gives us utterance, and I'm speaking to him about what his Spirit told me to say to him so I don't mess it up. I don't get into my own mind and my own what I think or what, how the, I, I'm talking to him about his will. Amen. For the church. So we could preach right here for a while about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, and, but that's not what God gave me to preach about this week. God gave me to preach about what the Holy Ghost does now. Yeah. Now, baptizio is still relevant today. The gifts of the Spirit, they're all still relevant today. And we should be operating them as a church. Yeah. You all know this. You know we believe in this. You know that you've seen this happen here, right? But what the Holy Ghost does now, the, the things that are more subtle... Or the things that are more in our day-to-day operations, I guess I should say, right? So what the Holy Ghost is doing now in my life, or what, he's, what, he, what he wants to do now in our lives, he's still the same Holy Ghost that was in the upper room, right? He still has the gift of unlimited power. Unlimited. So you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost anytime you want to seek after him, right? But Luke eleven thirteen says, if you then... Though you are evil, know how, to be, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father in heaven give the gift of the Holy Spirit who ask him? He still has this gift. That's, I put that scripture there just to show you that in the word. He's also, though, our counselor. When there's times of trouble, when there's times of need, you don't need to go pay a psychiatrist. You got the counselor, the master counselor, living inside of us, right? He's our helper. When something's lost, when you don't know what to do, pray in those heavenly language, right? 
Go to him. He's our helper, right? He's our guide. If you don't know which way to turn to, if you don't know what's next in your life, what the next chapter is, what, if you don't know what aisle to go down at the grocery store, whatever it may be, he's our inward witness. If you don't know how to act in church, ask him. Ask him. <laughs> ask him. If you don't know how to act in church, ask him. If you don't know. <laughs> if you don't know. Y'all don't know what I'm laughing about, but it's funny. It's the joy of the Lord. <laughs> if you don't know which way to go or how to act or what to do, we, we, just, we go to him, right? He came to also convict and to convince. And I have a lot of scriptures to show this, right? John 15, or 16, 7 through 8 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. It is to your advantage. It, it, it's advantageous to you that I go away. It's better for us that the Holy Ghost be here than Jesus still be here. Jesus could only, he was the son of God and he had the spirit without measure, but he could only be in one place at one time. The Holy Ghost lives inside of us. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time because Jesus was in, in the flesh, right? He's not any longer. He's in, his, he's, in his, he's in his perfected body, but he was in the flesh at the time. So it's better for us that the Holy Ghost be here than Jesus Christ himself be here. It says it in the word right here, right? I'm not making this up. Y'all read it in your own book. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Right? He comes to convict. If, if, if the Holy Ghost wasn't here, you wouldn't have known that you were a sinner and that you needed to come to God. I wouldn't have known that I was even sinning because we would have thought it was all right. Because the God of this world's got blinders on us. And we think that the things that we were doing was just a-okay. Amen? Without the Holy Ghost convicting you, without the Holy Ghost convincing you, without the Holy Ghost showing you that God is real, I may as well be telling you about the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus. There's no man or woman that has the words to convince you that God's real. Amen? Let me tell you about this fat man, Brother Dan, that rides around in a sled, covers every household in the world in one night and gives them all toys. Can you imagine the logistics problem with that? What about the logistics problems there would be with the story of God? Blessing for all human beings on earth. Amen. Created the whole world and everything in it. Owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Holds the water of the seas in his hand. Had a rock fall around all the Israelites and have cool, cold drinking water for the manna that came on the ground. The doves that came. Think about the logistics with that. I wouldn't have the words to convince you that that was real. There's no way on earth. Without the Holy Ghost saying, giving you that measure of faith. And saying, this is real, I'm the real God. And showing you his love and maybe even letting you feel his presence this morning, right? Or, or whenever that was for you. Luke, or, or uh, John 16, 13 through 15. I'm still talking about the Holy Ghost and what he does. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth. He will guide you. He guides you, right? This is one of the things the Holy Ghost does. He guides us. He's our inward witness. Better than a Garmin. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? I put it in my Garmin when they had the old Garmin's that stuck on the windshield, the first ones when they first came out. I stuck one up on my windshield. I told it to take me to a bank. And I pulled up to the bank, and I looked over, and it was a patch of timber. There wasn't no bank there. The Holy Ghost is never wrong. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything that's ever going to happen the rest of our lives and beyond. Amen? Even in our grandkids' life. He knows all of it. He knows all of it. Nothing's ever going to take him by surprise. 
He's not going to wake up one day and say, man, I didn't realize that was going to happen today. And he already has provision for it laid out in front of us. It's what the Holy Ghost does, right? He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Let's get into who he hears from. And he will tell you all things to come. What that, he, he'll tell us everything? He'll tell us all of it. But we've got to shut up and listen. Because we ain't hearing him because we're, 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 we're up here. We're focused on what I can do and what I'm going to do and what my abilities are. That's my problem anyway. Maybe you all don't live there, but that's where I live at. Amen? He will tell us the things to come. 14 says, he will, he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Declare it to you. This word declare means in the, the King James uses the word shoe. And then the Bible dictionary of the word shoe means to announce in detail Declare, rehearse, report, show, speak, or tell. He'll tell you in detail what's coming down the road. In detail. So there's no doubt about it. He'll tell us these things if we'll listen. If we'll practice following his leading. If we'll learn his voice, right? We have to do those things. But he wants to guide us then. What about... In the spiritual realm. So many times we're, we're worried about like, what loaf of bread am I going to buy? What socks am I going to buy? What school am I going to go to? What spouse am I? We're worried about the natural things. Holy Ghost, I want you to lead me in the natural things. What about the spiritual things? What about the spiritual things? What about what book do you want me to read from today, Lord? What do you want me to know about you? Amen. What do you want me to instill in my children? How do you want this service today, go God? How do you want, Katie did it this morning in, 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 in Sunday school. The first 10 or 15 minutes, I don't know what it was, 20 minutes in Sunday school, she just followed the lead of the Spirit, and the Spirit moved so strongly. I've, I haven't, I, me, myself, haven't been in a Sunday school class where the Spirit moved like that. I've been in church services, but not in a Sunday school class. She said she was drunk in the Spirit. Her mom was saying, get off the edge of the platform so you don't fall down. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? If we'll follow the Spirit in the leading in the spiritual things, and, and you think God didn't love that? He moved. That's why he showed up. Is because he loved being followed. It didn't quench the spirit. Oh, she's going to follow me? I'm going to lead him into more. He wants to lead us into more, church, but we got to follow what he's given us. we got to follow him in the small things if we want us to be led into the large things. Stop worrying about what cars we're going to drive and where we're going to live and the clothing we're going to put on. Isn't that what he said? But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all these other things will be added to you. Stop worrying about all that mess in the world. And you worry about me and you. Let's follow him in the spiritual things. He loves that. He'll show up in a big way. Can you imagine if the whole church would start to do that? Just this church. I mean, it's just our core group here today. The ones who are always here. And a couple of them are missing. But if just these people right here would do that, what do you think our services might look like? Think about that. I'm not just talking about on Sunday morning. I'm talking about following his leading. What, what are you going to do tomorrow morning when you wake up? What are you going to do on Tuesday? Are you going to get in your word? Are you going to read? I'm going to simplify this way down for you here in a minute. Right? Where was that? He'll take what's mine and declare it to you. So he wants to take what he, he goes on to say, and, and what is his is what's God's. Jesus says what's his is what's God's. I'm paraphrasing because I don't know where I was at, so I'm just going to tell you this. And, and he says the Holy Ghost will take of what is his and declare it to you. He'll show it to you. He'll show you what God knows. Amen? He wants to show us what God knows. 
Galatians 5.18 says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are under the law. So we're talking about being led by the Spirit. I'm just talk, talking about what the Holy Ghost does. It's not that the law doesn't apply anymore or God's changed. God's still the same. He doesn't want us to kill, or kill commit adultery or, or, or fornicate or any of those things he talked about in the Old Testament. He doesn't want us to be drunkards. He doesn't want any of those things. But if we're led by the Spirit, the Spirit's not going to lead you to cross the law. Amen? That's what he's talking about here. Talking about what the Holy Ghost does. If we'll follow after the Holy Ghost, he'll keep us from sin. He'll keep us from those things. That's what he's saying in the scripture here, paraphrasing it. Romans 8, 12 through 17. Um, 12 says, therefore, brethren, be, we are debtors. We owe, a debtor owes someone something, right? We owe something to God. We are debtors. Not to the flesh. We lived, we lived in the court of that way, long, way too far, or way too long, right? Not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. Yeah. That means separation from God. You'll be separated from God. You're going to hell if you live according to the flesh, is what he's saying. Yeah. To make it on real layman terms, you're on your way to hell if you're living and doing what your flesh wants to do. Yeah. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, or the deeds of the body, you will live. So if you're living according to the Spirit... And you're sacrificing the flesh and you're doing what he wants us to do. And we're following after him, yeah. talking about him guiding us, talking about him leading us, being our onboard witness. If we're following after him, we're not going to do the old things. We're, we're not going to be like the old man. Yeah. And we'll live. That means eternal life with God in heaven, right? For as many, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost of God, these are the sons of God. Yeah. Sons and daughters of God. You understand that? Yes. If you just be led by him, what do sons and daughters do? They have possessions, right? Oh, <laughs> Think about that. They have an inheritance. Yes. They have authority. Yes. Amen. My kids can walk in my house, any one of them. Katie doesn't even live there anymore. And she'll come and get in our refrigerator. She'll take some of our food home with, us, with her even. <laughs> this is how God wants to be with us. He loves us that much. You follow what I'm saying? We are the sons of God, if you'll do that, if you'll just follow the Spirit. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You hear me call him Daddy? I do that because that's a personal thing for me. To me, a father can be somewhere across the country. I had a dad, and he wasn't home all the time. He'd be gone weeks at a time, and he didn't, he didn't work. But... I'm just saying that can be a dad, but a father is somebody who's there and it's an intimate relationship with your children and you're close with them and they know each other and, and they come running when you, my, Jesse will come running and get in my car and have to honk the horn before I can get out and get him off of me and get out. Yeah. That's daddy, that's father, or, or not, not father, that's daddy, or th that's what that means to me. That's why I call him that. Yeah. It's a different relationship completely. That's just my court, but... However, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. So that's what he's, he, he, he talks to us through our spirit. Talking about what the spirit does. He talks to me through my spirit. He'll talk to you through your spirit. That's how he'll lead you. If you'll just listen and respond. You have to do it. Just like when you read the word, when he tells you something, you got to respond to it. You got to do it. If you're not responding to it, you're grieving him. We grieve him when we don't respond to it. We all do it. The Spirit himself bears witness through, through our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. It's all yours, babe. Heirs to God and joint heirs with Christ. So everything that Christ paid for, everything that's his, belongs to us, right? Yeah. 
if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. If you follow after the Spirit, it's not always going to be a bed of roses. It's not always going to be the funnest thing. So a lot of times it's going to be uncomfortable. Amen? 1 Corinthians 16, or 6, 19-20 says, do not, and do, not, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? He lives inside of us, who is in you, whom you have received from God. God, it's that gift that he gave to us, right? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You don't belong to you anymore. If you've, just like if you're married, the Bible says that Brenda's body, she, she's not the boss of her body anymore. And I'm not the boss of mine. I don't belong to me anymore. I belong to God. I have to be submitted to his will, to his authority, following after his spirit, seeking after his word, renewing my mind. You get what I'm saying? You've been paid for. You're bought and paid for. You don't, your, your will don't matter anymore. His will is what matters. So he comes to convict. He comes to convince. He indwells that salvation, right? He infuses us when we're filled, bapto and baptizio, right? He leads us and he guides us, right? The word is general. When he gives us things in the word, they can be general. They can cover a lot of things. But when the spirit speaks to us, it's more specific. Does that make sense? So we want to listen to the Spirit because you could read the Word and it could, it could be to me and you and you and you and you and, and everybody all down through time. But when the Spirit speaks to me, that's for me. Hallelujah. It will give more clarification to what the Word says. It won't contradict what the Word says because He says He won't speak to you outside of what He gets from God. Yeah, right. Amen? So it has to come from God. So then that means we should take everything that we think we hear from the Spirit and line it up with the Word, right? Yeah. It has to be lined up with the Word to make sure that you're listening to the right Spirit. How many know that the devil impersonates God all the time? And he'll try to come to you and say, hey, da 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 And so we have to make sure that it lines up with the word. I've had people come and say, God told me this, and I'll say, no, you're wrong, because the word says this, and God wouldn't go outside of his word. Amen? And some people get mad when you say things like that, but that's just the truth. We need to know that, that it's, not, it's never going to not line up with the word of God. It's never going to, the spirit of God is never going to oppose God's word. It's never going to, Right? John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, or the advocate or who's with us, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in Jesus' name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Amen. So he's going to just be reminding you of what Jesus said. It's not, it's not going to contradict. It's not going to be separate. It's always going to be in one accord. It's always going to be the same. It's always going to line up with each other, right? Don't you know, 1 Corinthians three sixteen? don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. God lives inside of you. Amen. Ezekiel 36, 27, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to, and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. He wants to put his spirit in us so that his spirit could lead us to keep us from sin, to keep us from dangers, to lead us into more. The spirit's always going to lead you into more. He's never going to lead you in, into sickness or death or lack or poverty. That's not what he does. He loves us. He's always going to lead us into more. He wants to lead us in, in, into plus, right? Into prosperity, into health, into happiness. He wants to lead us into these things. That's what he put his spirit in us for. Ephesians 4 and 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't grieve the Spirit. So, we have to realize we shouldn't grieve the Spirit. We've already talked about this. He's in you. Yeah. 
We know that he lives inside of us, right? He's in you everywhere you go. Then understand this. When, you, when we know that, how silly it is for us to run from God. I tried to run from God when I knew that I was called to preach. And then I realized I was right in the palm of his hand the whole time. He lives inside of you, though. If you've been saved, he lives inside of you. You can't run. You can't hide. He knows your every thought. How silly is it to think you can hide some sin? We think we have some hidden sin that we got tucked deep back in the closet somewhere that nobody knows about, but the Spirit of God lives inside of me. How silly is that? It's like Jesse when he tries to hide something when you're standing there watching him. And you know the whole time. That's how we're trying to treat the Holy Ghost. Does Jesse really think that I'm that stupid that I didn't see what he just did? He switched it behind his back, now he's got it in his other hand. Does he think that I'm that silly? Yet we treat God like that. Amen? He's in us everywhere that we go. He knows every word that you say. He knows every thought that you think. He knows every action that you make. Right? So ask yourself a couple questions today. Don't say this outside, out loud. Did he lead me here? Wherever I'm at. I'm not talking about the church today. Hopefully he led you to be in this church. But did he lead you to wherever you're at in life? Did he lead you into the things that you're doing right now? The people that you're hanging out with? The job that you're at? Maybe the education you're getting. Did he lead you there? Think about that. Now, am I living in the fullness of all that he has planned for my life? Ask yourself that. Don't say that out loud. I can tell by the look on some of y'all's faces that it hit me there too. Amen? He, I, I'm not trying to stomp on anybody's feelings or anything. This is, he gives us words to get us to repent, yeah. to get us to think about things and so that we can change things and so that we can get better in areas. Yeah. That's what church is about. It's training us up. It's getting us better that we can move over into heaven with Jesus yeah. and then we know how to act when we get there. Right. You see these young kids that come in, they don't know how to act in church? God don't want us showing up being like that. He's training us while we're here. So that you ain't the one up in the front annoying everybody. You get what I'm saying? Amen? Am I living in all that God has planned for my life? All that Jesus paid for. You've been bought and paid for. Is what we're doing worthy of what he paid for? Think about that. You might be wondering, Pastor, today, how do I get there? How do I get there? It seems like such a tall order. You preach on different stuff every week and you give me things that I need to work on and, and, and you call out where I'm messed up at and how do I get there? It's real simple. I'm going to break it down for you today. Real simple, okay? It's very simple. Follow the instructions. That's all you got to do. Follow the instructions. Two steps. I'm going to simplify it down to two steps. If you can do these two steps right here, you're in, right? Renew your mind. Renew your mind with the word. Get in your word every single day without fail. Two or three times a day. Six, eight times a day. How many every time you can do it? Get in your word every day. Every day. Pray about it before you get into your word. Get into your word and begin to read your word and apply this word to your life. Renew your mind. If you get into your word all the time, you'll begin to hunger. It, it may hurt at first. It may hurt your feelings sometimes. He's going to say things to you in there that you don't like. It's real tempting sometimes to close the book, especially early on. I'll just close this. I don't have to read this anymore. So you'll stay right where you're at, too. You can go as far in this as you want to. If you'll get in that word, though, and you'll read that word, 
And you'll read that word and you'll study that word and you'll want to find out what that word means. And you're talking to God about his word and you're asking him to show you what it means. Something happens in your mind. Something will happen in your mind. It'll begin to change. You'll begin to see things differently. Things that you've tried for years to understand will seem simple to you. Seem elementary to you. How silly was that? I didn't see it before. But God opened your mind. He opened your understanding, right? So renew your word or, or renew your mind in the word daily. This has to be an everyday thing. An everyday thing. You don't brush your teeth on Monday and then wait again until the next Monday to brush them. Please don't tell me you do that. You don't renew your mind one day a week either. If you do, it's no wonder we're in the boat we're in. It has to be daily, 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 daily. The second step is follow the leading of the Spirit, what I've been talking to you about today. Renew your mind with the Word, follow the leading of the Spirit, right? Measuring what the Spirit tells you up to the Word because you've been renewing your mind with the Word, so you know what the Word says now, Brother Damon. So now when the Spirit speaks to me, I say, oh, I know that scripture over there, and I know this lines up with the Word, so praise God, I got it. I heard him this time, and I'm going to follow that, and I'm going to do exactly what he says when it lines up with the Word. Exactly what he says. Down to the letter. I don't care how much I don't like it, how uncomfortable it is, how I don't like what it looks like or where it's going to take me to. I'm not going to go there kicking and screaming and dragging my feet either. I have to do it out of love, with joy, right? As unto the Lord. Two things. Renew your mind and your word every day. Follow the leading of the Spirit. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. It'll change this church. If we can all get involved like this. Can we just try this for one week? Would you give me one week? One week. If half of you all for one week would renew your mind every day. Read two or three chapters a day. Don't just read them and skim over them. When, you're, when your Bible says, hey, this same story is told over here in this book and this book and this book, go read all of them. Yeah. Read them all. It's going to give you a more complete picture, a full picture of it. Read them all. When it says there's a footnote that goes back to the Old Testament, go over there and read it. Look it up. If you don't know what a word means, look it up in the concordance. Get, get the blue letter Bible. Get the touch Bible loaded. Get something that gives you a concordance in a Bible dictionary. They're on your phone. You can get them for free. Won't cost you a dime. I think I paid five dollars for mine, and I've had it for twelve years. And we have it on all of our devices. They've raised the price to ten dollars now for Touch Bible Loaded. You'll pay more than that for just one book. You'll pay more than that for a Happy Meal, probably, or 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 a super value meal over here at McDonald's. Amen. Ten dollars is a cheap price to pay. But if you'll just if you'll just do this just for one week, one week, and see if you don't want to do it a little more next week, because desire follows discipline. When you'll discipline yourself, even when you don't feel like it, I'm going to set this time aside today, and I'm going to renew my mind. Uh, Pastor, I'm going to try to do that. No, you ain't. You ain't going to do it. If you're going to try to do it, you're not going to make it. When people tell me, I'm going to try to come to church, no, you ain't. You ain't coming. I already know you're not coming. If you can't give me a solid answer and say, yeah, I'm going to be there, then I already know. Your mind is not made up to it. I'm going to renew my mind tomorrow, Pastor. In fact, I'm going to start today because I want to get this stuff you're talking about. I want to be able to follow the leading of the Spirit, and I want to know more about my God. I'm going to start today after church, and I'm going to read some. Yeah. And then we'll have dinner, and I'll read some more later. Yeah. Amen? And then tomorrow when I get up, I'm going to read some. I may have to get up earlier even before work to read some. I'm going to get into my Word. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to do it on Tuesday. I'll be back here at prayer meeting because I'm hungry. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. We've had 
tongues and interpretations a couple times at our prayer meeting. The spirit moves. Sometimes people are just laying on the floor. Things happen at our prayer meeting. If you're not coming, you're missing out. Let me ask you this. Did the Holy Ghost lead you not to come? Well, I'll just leave that alone. I'll just leave that alone. If you're not here, did he lead you not to be? Pastor, I'm going to renew my mind. Let me get back on focus. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to renew my mind on Wednesday. I'm going to be back here on, on, on Wednesday night. I'll be back. I'm going to get all I can get, right? I'm going to renew my mind on Thursday. I'm going to renew my mind on Friday. I'm going to renew my mind on Saturday. All the time spending time with God and practicing following his leading. What do you think our service might look like next Sunday? Come prepared to receive from God. If you'll just be serious with me. For seven days. Seven days. You got enough in you to give me seven days? That's all I'm asking for. Seven days. Renew your mind each day for seven days. You don't have to read three chapters if that's if you're read one. Read two verses, whatever it is. If you get a revelation from God each and every day, it will grow you. Yeah. If you continue to do that, you'll start wanting more and more and more and more and more. And, and pretty soon, instead of going and watching that favorite TV show, you'll say, Well, I think I'd rather hear from God today. Yeah. All that nonsense isn't going to matter anyway when I step out into eternity. I think I'll go talk to him today. I think I'll renew my mind to that today. Yeah. Amen. It'll change your life. It really will. It'll change your life if you'll just do that. Can we just pray real quick and we'll release you in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day, Daddy. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Father God. We thank you for your infallible word, Father God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that there are people in this church that love you, Daddy. Lord, we thank you for messages like this, Father God, that, that, that may step on our toes a little bit, Lord, or, or may cause us to realize, Dad, where we could do better at, Father God. We thank you for that, Father God, that we can turn from the things that may have distracted us, Lord, or taken our time, or, or maybe things that we didn't know any better than, Father God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you just show us these things, Daddy, that we can, we can get it corrected, Father God, that we can make those little bitty adjustments, Father God, and we, we can begin to read our word daily, Father God, and we can begin to just follow after your spirit, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for the testimonies that are going to come out of this thing, Father God. Lord, these people, the things that they tell us about, Father God, how you've changed their life, Father God, how you've given revelation, Father God, that lines up with your word, Daddy. We thank you for this, Father God. How you've saved us money, Father God. You've saved us time, Father God. You've saved us pain and mental anguish, Father God, because we're getting in your word, Lord, and we're following your spirit, Daddy. We thank you for these things, Father God, and we receive these things today, Dad. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, Father. Lord, I pray you protect us from evil, Lord, and it's as simple as following after your spirit one more time, Father God. Lord, protect us from evil, Lord, for, through, through, through quickening us to follow your spirit, Father. We thank you for this, Daddy. Lord, I pray that you would touch these people's finances, Lord. Touch their marriages, Father God. Touch their households, Lord. Lost children, Dad. In Jesus' name we pray these things, Father. Have your way this day. Amen.